Hello everyone and welcome back to Where is the Music podcast. Uh, today uh, it's going to be the last episode before the summer break and uh, before I start I just wanted to uh, extend my gratitude to those uh, of you who have contacted me uh, giving me some uh, direct feedback on the quality of the podcast so I appreciate that and um, also uh, I thought since it's going to be the last of uh, for, for, for the for the season uh, before uh, summer break a few weeks uh, I thought about doing something slightly different instead of a piece of music or uh, an artist a composer I thought about talking um, about a book uh, something that I've read quite some time ago that has uh, somehow dropped uh, perhaps uh, some pairs of uh, wisdom that kept uh, resonating uh, in me through uh, through the years this is um, everything is connected by daniel barenboim uh, subtitle the power of music and uh, i thought about uh, taking some quotes out of it and uh, offer some uh, uh, reflections uh, barenboim is a uh, if you uh, if you're not familiar but i doubt because uh, it's such a famous figure uh, in the uh, classical music field uh, barenboim is uh, uh, one of the most accomplished uh, musicians uh, performer piano performer uh, piano uh, orchestra conductor he has been the head of uh, uh, the most important uh, world orchestras and he has it is hard to see uh, someone more <coughs> accomplished than him uh, in the field of uh, classical music uh, performing and recording. Uh, he's also very active as a, a writer. He has, he has published a few books and um <coughs> I always found this figure fascinating because um, of his capability of uh, speaking uh, meaningfully deeply about music which is a task that um, um, I should know by now is uh, quite challenging um, at the same time I never really was able to connect to his style of uh, uh, interpretation uh, especially as a pianist uh, I have uh, extreme respect for for him but uh, I, I it's interesting I, I could never align uh, too much uh, with his uh, kind of uh, playing uh, however is such a, a remarkable figure insightful uh, and uh, um, uh, and smart intelligent beyond uh, uh, beyond normality I would say so all the quotes that I'm going to offer and discuss today are uh, uh, pretty much uh, surrounding the big questions regarding music um, what is music why it matters um, is this uh, a natural phenomenon something like uh, emerges naturally from, uh, from 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 the world or an artificial one something that uh, belongs to human something that is made for um, for only human appreciation um, might be an illusory phenomenon like a magic trick or 
like uh, the rainbow is uh, perhaps we will be able to come back to this one a bit later because I think it's fascinating um, what is eventually the relationship between the human creation of uh, music and uh, the world nature the reality how exactly does that uh, relationship works um, so um, let's start with uh, the first uh, quote here uh, a passage of uh, the book uh, Daniel Barenboim speaks after careful observation we notice that the relationship between sound and silence is the equivalent of the relationship between a physical object and the force of gravity an object that is lifted from the ground demands a certain amount of energy to keep it at the height to which it has been raised unless one provides additional energy the object will fall to the ground obeying to the laws of gravity in much the same way unless sound is sustained it is driven to silence the musician who produces a sound literally brings it into the physical world end of quote so um, in a sense here it seems to be saying something at once uh, quite deep but also quite obvious uh, sound is uh, alternative to silence and uh, when there is no silence that means that there is sound so uh, why is this so interesting and especially what does it have to do really with music well the obvious part of it we might perhaps elaborate it quickly is uh, uh, he, he's putting in words something that uh, relates to the acoustic phenomenon of sound uh, let's review it every time we play an instrument um, we impart some uh, kinetic energy onto the instrument and um, that kinetic energy transforms uh, into vibration and uh, makes the air vibrating so that it reaches our ear in the form of sound sound is what we perceive that air vibration uh, uh, to be so nothing is created out of nothing obviously it is a normal physical process uh, but this puts the light on uh, a remarkable phenomenon um, music instruments are um, incredible at allowing this uh, channeling of kinetic energy into uh, vibration not just any kind of vibration but a vibration that is uh, so uh, specific and so under control that uh, creates uh, sound that is acoustically i would say orderly think of it in this term um, if i drop uh, let's say uh, a bunch of objects on the floor i don't know plates or cutleries it would make a lot of noise right but that sound of course is the result of the uh, kinetic energy uh, and laws of gravity that uh, attracts uh, the objects on the floor and but but that sound uh, would be extremely chaotic short loud and would be a, a lot of different 
um, uh, different materials it in the floor creating different pitches in uh, in a very non-orderly way now that same kinetic energy uh, can be used in a musical instrument to be transformed in uh, something like this that sound you just heard it's a a at my piano uh, follow the same exact uh, transformation of kinetic energy into vibration that uh, a bunch of cutlery uh, ruined on the floor uh, so um, it's pretty remarkable in a sense that such a note that I just played uh, it's I think it's a 440 a small little vibration in uh, one second um, it is uh, the result of uh, a small action on my part but an incredible amount of energy held uh, by my piano you know the metal strings uh, are held by these metal uh, nails uh, inserted into the uh, wooden board uh, and that tension i mean in order for the string to stay at that tension uh, there is an incredible amount of, uh, of force um, so um, we 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 are somehow um, under the illusion that uh, we play the piano with just uh, the uh, a very simple motion of a finger but the reality is that uh, that note is the result of a uh, incredible amount of effort on the part of the musical instrument and of course which has been uh, um, uh, mastered after centuries of uh, of uh, tradition of instrument buildings etc et et and so uh, this is probably uh, what i meant in the beginning when i suggested that perhaps music is an illusion well uh, we hear sound as a linear uh, perhaps as a single identifiable item but it is a very non-natural phenomenon it is so unlikely so improbable that in nature a sound like this will occur exactly because the amount of uh, energy uh, kinetic energy and uh, um, design uh, required to make the sound happen can only happen after hundreds of years of uh, tradition and uh, under a lot of uh, um, and after a lot of uh, uh, design work and um, effort on the part of you know uh, instrument builders and uh, musicians and artists so this is uh, to me a fascinating way of uh, thinking but let's continue in the most in the more interesting probably aspect of uh, uh, the quote by Barenboim, the, the relationship between uh, sound and silence, there is something deeper in that. So um, perhaps we can, uh, we can draw a short analogy, a quick analogy with uh, um, how stories are told and how stories acquire meaning. And if you think about it, a story that has a moral um, must end. So the conclusion of a story is a, a necessary, necessary part of the meaning of the story. Without, without a conclusion, uh, we would be in suspense to realize what the moral is, what the meaning is. 
um, if you think of theater, an actor is dead and reborn every time he's interpreting the story for us on the stage. Uh, is dead and reborn every time. So does sound. Uh, it needs to decay into silence in order to be relatable to us. Um, here in this quote, Barenboim is suggesting that the creation and the sustain of sound can only come out of uh, human energy and uh, human will or intention. There is uh, no music without humans making it. Uh, that is not to say that there are maybe natural uh, acoustic phenomena that are uh, similar to music, uh, that sound like music, but music per se uh, cannot exist without uh, humans, without human will, human intelligence, human intention, and human energy. Music is not really a natural phenomenon like sound is um, but it's, it looks like more like a, a theater play that is now alive on stage and now is dead uh, tomorrow night will be alive again um, in a way sound becomes meaningful uh, when a musician brings it forth to express an intention um, and it does so uh, bringing it out of the silence um, against the silence and bringing it back into silence um, the conclusion of sound uh, brings a moral to it brings a meaning to it this is probably what Barenboim is referring to separate passage uh, he continues quotes furthermore when playing music it is possible to achieve a unique state of peace partly due to the fact that one can control through sound the relationship between life and death a power that obviously is not bestowed uh, upon human beings in life since every note produced by a human being has a human quality, there is a feeling of death with the end of each one. And through that experience there is a transcendence of all the emotion that these notes can have in their short lives. In a way, one is in direct contact with timelessness. End of quote. This is quite deep and once again hints at the relationship between uh, sound and silence uh, which uh, acquires a transcendental dimension in our uh, human uh, perspective life and death uh, so 
continuing with that analogy with uh, a theater play, uh, like a group of actors are representing a story that uh, might have happened a long time ago or, or perhaps that has never really happened, uh, time becomes virtual. We are experiencing a story uh, that develops through a time that uh, is actually, the time is pretty much the same time in which we are experiencing it, but we believe it's uh, a separate time. The story uh, uh, develops in a time that is virtual, it's illusionary. So together with the audience, the, the actors are creating a, a separate time dimension in, in which the events of the play take place. Time starts, develops and ends under the command of the actors in agreement with the audience who is willing to participate in the illusion. How interesting. So if, if we fully believe in the power of music and the power of art, that means that we completely let uh, music persuade us that we live in a separate uh, dimension. That dimension is very often uh, bound to a development of time slightly different from real, maybe uh, timelessness, time that doesn't flow, that doesn't move forward, time that doesn't uh, really move, uh, or time that moves faster, right? So I, I'm sure you have experienced when you are particularly uh, attentive to the experience of listening music that you don't really notice time going and you don't really realize how much time has passed. Uh, timelessness, that's what uh, Barrymore is referring to. Arab poet Abu Nuwas once visited Khalaf al-Hamar to seek his advice on how to write poetry and was told to begin by memorizing 1,000 poems. After having accomplished the task, he recited them from memory to the master, who now instructed him promptly to forget them. This fable oversimplified though it is, describes exactly the process that a musician must undergo when studying an unfamiliar work. In other words, the structure of a work must become so internalized in the mind of the musician that intellectual thought during the performance is no longer necessary. On the other hand, he may trust that his spontaneous promptings arise from his deep knowledge of the work and not from a personal whim. End of quote. This um, passage, uh, I think, uh, is more directed to those of us who uh, play an instrument. As a teacher, I've often uh, been asked, how am I supposed 
to perform this incredible huge amount of uh, uh, very detailed actions in a very precise sequence in a precise amount of time um, how am i supposed to do all of that well what is uh, that um, daniel barenboim hinting at he, uh, here is um, the difference between uh, conscious and uh, unconscious knowledge uh, or conscious and unconscious learning um, there is a great amount of things that we can learn consciously this is what we do but in order to um, pile up one layer of uh, control over another one layer of actions over another um, we need to let um, uh, the first layers become unconscious the question on, on how to do this well it's obviously a mm, very complicated question but it's also a very personal one um, certainly uh, I became better at it uh, through the years not just because of experience and practice and uh, and just by doing it more often uh, as per very many practical things just by by doing them more one learns to do them better and more efficiently but also mm, perhaps is something that uh, one acquires with age I don't know but um, I think I benefited in the years uh, from considering my artist self um, more like a, a vehicle a, a, a filter of, of music than uh, like an owner or a creator uh, someone whose agency and value is uh, reflected in the music uh, I make this is to say that uh, um, there is a whole lot I can do through conscious learning but uh, in the years I, I perhaps started appreciating much more uh, the amount of things that one can do just by letting things uh, work it work themselves out uh, for example if I have to uh, repeat uh, a thousand times a passage well uh, I'll just do it it has to be done because it doesn't sound right and this is is a way of being less in command uh, we are just submitted to something that needs to be taken care of rather than uh, well uh, a thousand times shall be enough if after a thousand times it's still not good well uh, let's do another thousand i know it's a it's a harsh uh, reality but um, one might put in this way the letting go of uh, our own ego in a sense might uh, help us uh, in actually achieving what we strive for what we aim for um, in this way to me at least learning has become uh, more of an open route uh, something in a way limitless uh, but all at the same time always imperfect um, rather than uh, evaluating uh, what i've learned or or how uh, i improve my music i try to just stick to the playing and uh, the listening i prefer now uh, to just do the experience having the experience of uh, music rather than um, uh, learning notes or learning um, pieces or pages or techniques I just play them however imperfectly and uh, 
and uh, inaccurately that uh, that will result this is what i mean when i say i prefer just to be the the filter the, the vehicle of music rather than the uh, so-called master and commander um he uh, the quote from ba daniel barrymore also um, the story the fable refers to this uh, uh, thousand uh, poems and uh, obviously to learn by heart a thousand poems uh, it, it, it's a lot i don't know how to do it i don't know if i've ever done it myself but what i know is that knowing another poem is better uh, i like it more uh, there is a lot of work to do but in a sense if i enjoy poetry if i enjoy music i will just add another bits another passage another piece another work uh, regardless how many i do i think i i need to achieve or uh, how much do i think i need to to know uh, this is what i meant by limitless lesser uh, self-evaluation and just more experience <laughs> Thus emerges the impossibility of separating elements. The perception that everything is connected, the need always to unite logical thought and intuitive emotion. How often all of us think that we should consider something objectively. We know all too well, but we forget that emotion will not allow us to do so. How often do we succumb to the temptation of abandoning all logic for the sake of an emotional need, an emotional whim, for the seduction of emotion? In music this is impossible, since music cannot be made exclusively with reason or with emotion. What is more, if those elements may be separated, they are no longer music, but a collection of sound. If the listener, upon hearing something, can affirm that it has an impressive logic, but emotionally it wasn't convincing, or in contrast, how appealing I found it, what an exciting emotive force it has, though it wasn't very logical. For me, that is no longer music. End of quote. When I read this, I, I was reminded uh, my early years of uh, teaching, which uh, for a musician tend to be quite, uh, m quite, quite interesting, because uh, I started teaching, uh, I think at, at age twenty, and uh, I recall the confidence that I had when I started. Uh, I was in in the totally in the middle of my learning. I thought I knew so much. And I thought, well, teaching every, all of this will be easy since I know it so well. And then I realized I had no real sense of what I what I was doing, what I was meant to communicate. Um, 
and one of the very first time uh, as a teacher that I noticed something uh, along the lines of what Baron Boehm is uh, is uh, writing is uh, I had uh, uh, two students I think uh, somewhere between the age of uh, eight and ten or eleven years old um, they were quite different uh, one was um, a girl I think uh, she was either 10 or 11 and uh, she was uh, say very methodical very uh, very rational very smart and also quite talented and also I would say very uh, uh, controlled and she uh, really liked to read music from the score and at the same time I had another student uh, maybe a bit younger probably eight years old uh, a boy who was not interested at all in reading music from the score he was very impulsive yeah i would say very very impulsive extremely expressive also musically talented uh interested they were both very interested in music uh, but here <coughs> my uh, conundrum at the time because uh two such completely diverse approach to music require uh, to completely almost opposite method, methods of, uh, of teaching and methods of learning. I, I notice how for the girl, the methodical, rational one, um, she needed uh, very clear instructions, very detailed approach. And uh, once she had all of that under the control of her fingers you could see how much emotion she she would be able to express in performance so uh, once again there is a moment in which at the time uh, she was able to merge the two dimensions um, and uh, trigger the the initial let's say the opening door uh, was through a very rational methodical approach um, while uh, in contrast uh, the boy was doing exactly the opposite uh, he would let all his emotion uh, throw uh, at the piano his playing was very uh, messy inaccurate but at the same time uh, very slowly through the directions that he was slowly able to incorporate he was becoming more and more um, appreciative of the quality of music that he was able to make and eventually uh, he started appreciating uh, more the discipline aspect to it, the methodic aspect the, the rational the uh, the intellectual side of it so once again he reached the same or a similar uh, place of music appreciation music learning but starting from uh, the exact uh, the exact opposite uh, starting from the emotional side how interesting I mean, that uh, that was still after you know, roughly 20 years uh, an experience that uh, was quite telling um, in a sense if we continue commenting on the quote by daniel barenboim art uh, inspires us to break away from the idea that possesses art teaches us to be open and receptive to connect the brain with the heart uh, we all need to be guided nudged a bit pushed a bit in directions we would we wouldn't intuitively go uh, in this sense i keep seeing art as an opportunity uh, we all tend to somehow crystallize our ideas to 
prefer familiar pathways and it takes practice, it takes patience and a bit of courage to uh, walk in different new directions. And to be fair, as an artist myself, I still find it extremely difficult. It's not that since I haven't done it for, for, for almost all my life, it's any easier. New directions, unknown directions, are still hard to take. Uh, uh, so, as a teacher, I often see talent in uh, one direction. Uh, and uh, um, my commitment is to offer uh, alternative directions, uh, things that I might have experienced myself, but they can just be um, uh, a new path for the student. Uh, the goal is to um, always, to me, inspire the students to, to work towards connecting all the parts, to turn the playing into a, a holistic experience. And um, of course, sometimes it it uh, goes into the philosophical, the psychological, sometimes into just the, um, you know, trick work. Very often with, with children, I feel like I'm tricking them to, to do uh, things that might not be intuitively drawn to do themselves. Um, but then on the long term, in the end, my main goal as a musician, my main goal as a probably an artist, but certainly as a teacher, is, is this one, to make sure that one is aware uh, that there are these different parts to be integrated and music is an opportunity to do so. The very idea of questioning requires the will and the courage to learn in stages without any guarantee of acquiring knowledge at the end of the process. The search for a system, on the other hand, is the beginning of the basis of ideology and fundamentalism." End of quote. Um, this is interesting. I, I mostly agree i'm i wouldn't know if uh, the search for a system is the beginning of ideology and fundamentalism but um, i certainly know and i agree that um, questioning requires will and uh, courage uh, once again this is probably more directed to those of us who uh, play an instrument and want to learn how to play better so what is learning then uh, we all strive to understand a system, to, to, to master uh, a system, at least a framework, which we would then use to learn what is yet unknown. So the need for a system is quite understandable, uh, but in music, uh, this need hides the core problem, or possibly the most important aspect of music, which is that there are no two beautiful pieces of music that are made using the same system. Um, 
each work of art demands a new approach. It requires your creative skills. In music, it is also tricky to aim at uh, the learning, because learning is traditionally related to concept, information, ideas, while after an hour of practice or listening to music, it is often very difficult to put your finger exactly on what one has learned. Is it? The will and the courage that Barenboim is, uh, is referring to is the will to put uh, more effort than we planned. The will to create uh, despite uh, objectable results. The will to try again until it works uh, and even not knowing if it will ever work. The courage to accept defeat, <laughs> to, re to realize that whatever we are doing is still not working. The courage to try again even though it has never worked so far. So I often say, especially to some of my say mature student how uh, practicing is a therapeutic uh, activity because uh, it it really uh, demands us to get rid of our preconceptions and uh, and uh, eventually uh, one is either turning uh, more humble or uh, or quits music <laughs> This is probably the, the uh, probably the best thing I've learned from practicing piano. says what is ultimately perhaps the most difficult lesson for the human being uh, learning to live with discipline yet with passion with freedom yet with order is evident in any single phrase of music and of quote so it's a beautiful way to put it uh, the most difficult lesson for thing which is to learn how to live with discipline yet with passion with freedom yet with order i have um, uh, taken this a little bit apart uh, in one of my uh, article in the blog um, it's called uh, the game of playing we cannot really uh, learn um, how to express our emotion without discipline and uh, we cannot just be disciplined because we wouldn't be able to express our emotion if we just follow order and uh, rigor. So the, the interaction that occurs between our strive for freedom and yet our necessity uh, for order is, um, is what probably music hi is hinting us and uh, suggesting us that 
there is good in there so if you are curious you can head over to my website and uh, take a look at uh, what I write about the game of playing um, as to conclude I will just uh, uh, read a final short quote that I find interesting and funny by Daniel Barenboim this is from the book everything is uh, connected the power of music and he writes the paradox consists in the fact that music is only sound but sound in itself is not music and it, I'm gonna leave you with <laughs> with this um, possibly very deep possibly not deep at all uh, reflection on the nature of music uh, thank you for for being with me today for tuning in and in uh, following this uh, uh, intellectual trajectory today I hope you enjoyed um, you know that the podcast is available in many uh, platforms and is also available uh, on YouTube you can leave a comment there if you if you enjoyed it or if you didn't enjoy it I'm happy to hear uh, your your thoughts about it if you want to suggest uh, some topic for the future you feel feel free to do so um, and uh, I will continue uh, releasing episodes uh, in September now it's uh, it's a summer break so I hope you all will have a great summer and uh, uh, to see you again on where is the music podcast bye bye